Five by five at the movies. Five by five at the movies. We like watching movies. Now listen to the show. Ryan on the set. Hi, Dan. Hey, Keith. We are uh, one episode away from the two-year anniversary yeah, of the show. Are. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, this is episode 103. Uh-huh. And uh, I can do that simple math of 52 weeks a year <laughs> yes. times two yeah. means 104 is the two-year <laughs> anniversary. Do is add, add two for each yeah. year going forward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Easy math. Yeah. <laughs> Which I still uh, tend to fuck up. Yeah. Like, you know. Time zones or it's, days of the week uh, if or the last six months have told us anything. Most Americans are not great with numbers. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or understanding them. Or I mean, what they I mean. couldn't <laughs> count to two hundred thousand. <laughs> oh god. Um, but more importantly, uh, a big thank mm. you to our listeners again mm. for making sure that we keep this show streamlined and we never <laughs> yeah. have to talk about being on the charts. <laughs> we never have to talk about emails that you send in. We never have to talk about reviews or ratings. Nev- yeah. Nothing. We get to hop. We don't. I don't even have to talk about the Patreon. It's yeah. great. We can just hop right into the news. So thank you, motherfuckers, uh, <laughs> for making us such a streamlined show that we never, ever have to deal with anyone listening to us, which is great. All right, moving on. Uh, let's hop right into the box office, Daniel. What's the number one movie Ooh, in America? I'm going to guess Tenet. Still, Tenet. <laughs> this is with, the only big movie out. With, with an amazing $4.7 million oh, at fuck. the box office. Oh. Number two, Mut- New Mutants hanging on with 1.8. Still kind of, they're still kind of like just staying yeah, at the way they are. The only movie's out. Uh, <laughs> Unhinged got knocked out of the third place by a new Ooh. movie called Infidel. Okay. Infidel is a um, it's a thriller action movie starring Jim Caviezel. Okay. What do we know him from? Uh, I forget. Jim I Caviezel. He was yeah. one of the, the bloodiest movies ever made, wearing a thorny crown. Oh, that's right. He's Jesus. He's Jesus in yeah, in the uh, the Mel Gibson piece of shit, Passion of the Christ. Yeah. <laughs> that's really important to this show because uh-huh. we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, and before we jump into our regular news, I want to talk about Mulan and Tenant both. Okay. So yeah. Because this is kind of interesting because you know we kind of. Mm. Yelled at Mulan, <laughs> and I still think that, like, for opening or you know, doing digital, and they then Tenet opened, and uh, you know, they're both kind of uh, they're both kind of fucked, one's more fucked than the other. Yep. So, what's your best guesstimate for worldwide for Tenet <laughs> since it came out? Uh, I think I saw something that they were coming close to like 200 million. They've Blown past that. Okay. So worldwide, like as of today, nope, two fifty one point one. Okay, that's like half of what they needed. Half make of back. what they need for the break even. Yeah. They're they're you know forty forty eight point nine shy of break even for the creation of the movie, and then they need yeah. another two hundred for the marketing and the uh, the changing yeah, the dates. Yeah. Now Mulan mm-hmm. came out. You know you must have had a Disney Plus subscription. Yep. And then you had to pay thirty bucks. How much money do you think since Mulan's release has Mulan made? Uh, does Disney Plus put out these numbers? I guess. Yeah, um, they have. As a matter of oh, fact. Oh, all right. Uh, or, or at the very least, very learned like people a, have been able to figure it out. Yeah, it was like a many. percentage of subscriber kind of thing. Right. Um, but there guess. is a there is a really like smart estimate. Sixty million bucks. Not quite. Forty three point eight million. Ooh. So you know, I think for that, a movie that needs to make a half a billion dollars. Right. 
So here, here's some lessons I want to take away. The streaming did not work for them the way it did for Trolls World Tour. No. I'm guessing because they, you know, very limited platform that you had to buy to even do it. Yeah. Plus there the cost. was also like people boycotting because the boycotting. shot near concentration camps. Right. And, like, Plus yeah. on top of that, uh, and you know, like the whole Hong Kong issue on top of that, knowing that we would eventually get it two months later for free. Yeah. So all that really fucked Mulan in the asshole. Mm-hmm. I should probably silence my cell phone. <laughs> professionals. Um, professional broadcasters. <laughs> journalists, even. Um, so, we don't you know, get paid for this. I'm going to say, right? I'm going to say, I mean, 22 bucks a month on our Patreon ain't nothing. I mean, it's close to nothing. Uh, I'm going to say both movies did the wrong thing. Yeah. I'd yeah. say so you shouldn't put out blockbusters in a pandemic. Both should have been in theaters, <laughs> and both should have been in theaters much, much later. My yeah, guess is sometime year. after a vaccine is dispersed. Yeah. So there's that. Now, some. Oh, I gotta pull up this. Uh, I know I lied earlier because mm. we did get a tweet that I want to talk about. Ooh. So friend of the show, hippie hater, mm-hmm. who uh, I misjudged his political leanings at one point. <laughs> um tells me that uh he went and saw tenant a couple weeks ago okay and then he waited his quarantine period to give us an update that he did it because he didn't want to be like <laughs> i went to the theater and it was fine he wanted to be like not only did i go to the theater but now you know i'm fine and i okay. didn't die nice uh, i asked Good, him about uh, his experience thank, thank you for your uh your your, your uh, doing doing the timing yeah. get, getting your data collected properly yeah i mean that's smart. yeah he said it was really good overall. Um, he went to a cinema that's also a distillery, which I think is pretty oh, cool. That's cool. Yeah. He said they limited the number of tickets per show. It was every other row. He says the movie was just okay. Lots of action, but it felt like it was really <laughs> trying to hard to be Inception and the Matrix modern love child, which I thought was pretty funny. Oh, ooh, maybe uh, Nolan's coming up against like uh, M. Night Shyamalan-isms where he like just ran out oh, of like, mind-blowing ideas. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, so thanks for the update, and uh, that's yeah, smart. Uh, I'm I, glad you did not get COVID. Yeah, and you know, uh, <laughs> I've had a couple friends reach out and be like, "I've gone to theaters and it's been fine." Yeah. Um, and like, I, I guess I'm not. I'm starting to turn around because even you and me have talked about like, well, what if we just bought out a theater and watched Tenet? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I really want to see a theater, and like, we're at six months. My problem is just, you know, don't put out the new releases if it's gonna kill that industry. Yeah. You know, it's they're not going to make the money they think they are with a twenty-five to fifty percent capacity, even seventy-five. Yeah, exactly. Like they need like, constant content coming out. It needs to be new. It needs to be fresh, and it needs to be full. Yeah. So there's that. So uh, thanks, hippie hater. Yeah, I appreciate that. Okay, uh, more COVID stuff. Let's talk about Jurassic World Dominion. Mm-hmm. They have spent three million dollars on COVID tests so far, <laughs> yes, which, so which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're estimating it will end up being five million altogether, which in the grand scheme of things is like not the most money for a big Hollywood production, but still like a measurable chunk of the money. Yeah, um, that'd know. be. One percent of the budget of Mulan. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> you, know? Right. you know how yeah. I feel about the one percent. Uh, so it's a hundred dollars per test. They're testing all the cast, all the crew, anyone that comes and visits, and you know they're all at hotels and resorts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they they're started doing, doing all the like, staff, like microclimates, where it's like everybody, like if it's almost like the old coal mining towns, right? <laughs> or like the NBA bubble. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Like if you come to work on this movie, you're moving to the inside of. The 
this bubble where you're not going to leave until the movie's done. (laughs) So they have their hotels. Anyone who works the hotel or leaves and comes to the hotel has to get a test. They're testing everyone three times a week. Word. Now, in my interview later in the show, we talk a lot about this because our friend Thomas Mm -hmm. Ian Nicholas, who's our guest today, is on set at a production. And he is getting his, like, he had his two-week quarantine and then he's Mm -hmm. getting his three tests a week. And uh, they suck. I've gotten three in total in six months. Uh, They're the worst. Word. Um, But that's cool that... I've I've gotten them by proxy. (laughs) Sure. Because if you're good, I'm good. (laughs) Right. Because while you sleep, I tend to blow in your face. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I just sneeze out of anger. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, so good on Dominion for putting their money where their mouth is. Uh, yeah. Side note, not a piece of news, but today, uh, Goldblum, uh, Laura Dern, and Sam Neill uh, on set all mm. took a picture wearing vote shirts and vote masks, and they're like, "Hey, do us a favor, fucking vote." Yeah. Uh, so they're out there, they're doing well. Eddie Redmayne confirms uh, that Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Three has officially begun shooting. They're all like in their bubble. Okay. They're all shooting the movie. Um, he said. Uh, via cinnamon, cinnamon, cinnamon blend, cinema blend, <laughs> that uh, there's a whole new normal to what he's doing. He's testing frequently masks, and he wondered whether the masks would affect creativity in some ways. Like maybe it's a bit ignorant, but he had thought that as humans, they need interaction to spark from each other, and he was afraid that if he couldn't see people's mouths, like he okay. wouldn't get like the right kind of vibe from because so much of you know yeah, language is visual. Yeah, no, I could see that if like you're acting to somebody off camera, they might be wearing their mask because they're not doing lines, they're not on camera, but right. so yeah, he, he you, you want to act against so somebody's this facial features. Oscar this, winning yeah. actors, you know, a little apprehensive going to set because yeah, yeah. Like, what's but, I mean like? if that's what you're used to sure. doing, winning Oscars doing that, then I could see yeah. where you'd have some apprehension. Uh, but he said it's quote unquote fizzing and that everyone is working at the top of their game. I'm guessing fizzing is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about space for a while. Okay. Here's the first thing I want to talk about space. We know that Tom Cruise is going to space. <laughs> we know that Doug Lyman, the director, is going to space. So now, yeah. but officially, like all of the space registrars and the agencies, you know, they... <laughs> You know, two years in advance, they have like all the planned space flights and what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And officially on a registrar, everyone signed off NASA, the United States government, everyone. <laughs> Tom Cruise is going to space October 2021. <laughs> so a year and a month from now, his manifest is, uh, is and flight are greenlit for the SpaceX Axiom Dragon capsule. Okay. I keep seeing different things. Some people say SpaceX Dragon capsule, some people say Axiom uh, Space Station. But I'm like, that's not a real thing, is it? I think it's the the now it's called the SpaceX Axiom Dragon capsule. They just shorten it in the press. But that's I've seen different reports for it. Um, yeah, I know. I, I don't know. Yeah, either. that's weird. I mean, the capsule is the thing that's on top of a rocket. Right. A space station is a thing that is in constant orbit. Yeah, like, I, I don't think he's going to the ISS. <laughs> like, because also when I think he's going to space, I think he's just doing an orbit. Like, where, where else yeah. would he be going? He's not going to the moon. Like, where is he going? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. even the ISS is just an orbit. In orbit, yeah. But Maybe he will dock with the ISS. Maybe we'll go get out. Some yeah, I, I guess it depends on how long they need, like, Zero G to, right. to film. Right. Um, uh, so, on the registrar is, a, you know, a NASA pilot, you mm. know, who has two spacewalk records. Doug where, Lyman, Cruz, and there is one unfilled seat. Chris Hadfield? No. Uh, astronaut. 
Okay. No, I, I don't remember the name. That wasn't his him. His name is uh, um, last name's Kelly. I think he's he's got some records as well. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, and one unfilled seat, which I have to imagine <laughs> is either for equipment or a cameraman. Yeah. You know, I'm sure Lyman is bringing a camera, but I'm sure they want a couple. Yeah. Unless yeah. some producers like I'm going to. Yeah, <laughs> they're just gonna bring like twelve GoPros. Right. <laughs> you know, and a now couple I'm, of iPhones. In my head, I thought, <laughs> how is he gonna run in space? And is he just gonna be like <laughs> running in furiously place. in place? Yeah. <laughs> Because 90% of those films is him running. Yeah, one of those, like, pop-up green screens behind him. Yeah. He's just, just waggling his arms and legs. No, we don't know. <laughs> Speaking of space, Cal Penn uh-huh. uh, put out a statement about Harold and Kumar 4. <laughs> okay. He said that both him and John Cho want to make Harold and Kumar 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, the writers, directors, and presumably the studio have given the go-ahead because, like, they're really... They're at they're, the... Um, the sense is that, like, it's not maybe this is going to happen. Like, this is going to happen. We just need to figure out when. Okay. But they've always wanted this one to go into space. <laughs> okay. And his first, uh, his first statement was, "Oh no, Tom Cruise will beat us." <laughs> so while giving, <laughs> he says that him, him and, and John Cho both want to be in space. Here's his full statement: "It's oh no, Tom Cruise will beat us." It's a little tricky with scheduling because the guys that create the franchise are also creating the Cobra Kai show, which <laughs> I cannot recommend enough. Um, that's me, not him. He says, "And John Cho is in New Zealand doing a movie, and I'm about to start Clarice: The Silence of the Lambs remake. So I am hoping mm. soon." We, we keep constantly talking about it, but we just have to find the right time, which means probably it's got money, it's got funding, they just need to do the motherfucker. Yeah. That's the, that's the also, vibe I'm getting. they're doing a Silence of the Lambs remake, which we so, don't need. Which, side, side point, that was almost the why the fuck did we need this this week. Yeah. Until I found something better with our friend Jim oh, Cavazel. Okay. No. Um, but yeah, we don't need a Silence of the Lambs remake. It has a TV show, it has a prequel, it has a sequel. Yeah. Who is giving this much attention to Silence of the, the Fucking best Lambs? movies ever made. Like, I wouldn't even go that far. It's entertaining, <laughs> but it's. I mean, I mean, it, it will be on the you Buffalo know, Bob part's top hundred list. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like top hundred, but I mean, I've watched it you know a couple of times, and I'm like, okay, it's good. But yeah. I mean, stop with the science of the lambs, but we're off topic. John Cho, (laughs) I'm like, space. I'm like, what the fuck is John Cho shooting? (laughs) Because he's making a movie on his IMDb page. There's only one thing that isn't named and in space, and that's Untitled Star Trek Project. But we know for a fact that's not in pre-production. Yeah. So I don't know what he's making, but weird thing with Star Trek happened this week. Mm -hmm. So first, the, the person that... Uh, leaked that Strange New Worlds was going to happen. The TV show that's going to have Anson uh, Pike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, leaked. He's like, every single Star Trek movie at Paramount has been canceled and is on a hold. They're just going to do TV. They're done with movies. Yeah. Paramount came out and said, hey, nobody fucking said that. <laughs> yeah. like, and like, Stop putting words in our mouth. Right. Everything, everything, you know, uh, is, is bullshit to them but I have a wild speculation uh-huh. and my wild speculation is that there is a pandemic going on <laughs> and maybe it's not the smartest time to invest in movies if they're going to cost millions of dollars more to test everyone my yeah. other wild speculation is maybe it's cheaper to make TV shows if you already have all the costumes and sets made for it <laughs> yeah so and like a sound stage is kind of a bubble environment sure <laughs> like, yeah so whoever leaked that why don't you shut the fuck up <laughs> Yeah. 
You're going to make it a self-fulfilling prophecy, and I want more Star Trek. The shows are fucking killing it now. Again, they've invested so much in these new universes. Why not keep going if half the costs are already sunk into it? Yeah. I wouldn't start a new movie, especially since it sounds like it might be a new movie franchise. Yeah, and like, unless it was like a Discovery movie, and then right. you know, you just used sure. the, the TV show sets. You as know, as of right now on IMDb, it says Noah Hawley's uh, Star Trek is still... You know, going to happen. It's not yeah, possibly with a completely different cast, right? And that means new uniforms, mm-hmm. new starships, new sets, new everything. Yep. Uh, new marketing, and it's 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 a lot to undertake right now. If I was Paramount in the middle of a fucking pandemic, I would not <laughs> do anything either. Yeah. That's all my news on space. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, maybe you just work on the writing of things and uh, sure. make sure you have a thing that you're uh, totally in love with before you start spending fucking millions of dollars in a pandemic. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish <laughs> joins the unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> yeah. The Nicolas Cage Nicolas movie Cage. where Nicolas Cage is playing Nicolas Cage. So- sort of biopic. <laughs> sort of. And I thought it was going to be like, okay, this is you know, maybe things that happen spread out through, you know, his career, but he's like, they're mashing them into like <laughs> one period of time. Yeah. But until I heard this, <laughs> the Hollywood reporter says, Haddish joins the cast of Unbearable Weight as Vivian, an eccentric rogue agent who convinces Cage to agent, like movie agent, not like <laughs> okay. CIA agent. Oh, Sorry. Fuck. Rogue <laughs> agent. going in a very different direction. No, but hold on. <laughs> Who convinces Cage to go undercover to bring down a crime lord in a meta drama film? <laughs> so the weird thing is not that she would be a weird CIA agent. She's a regular agent. She's just all you know, like kind of eccentric. The yeah. weird thing is that he's gonna go take down a crime lord, which I'm guessing did not happen in his normal career. So is he also like quasi like QAnon? Like, oh, I don't know. Is he? Oh, this is. Okay. <laughs> this movie's getting all kinds of layers. <laughs> I was in a movie theater one time, and my job was to hold the door open for him as he came in wearing an orange leather duster and red Edgar Allan pose, The Raven, and then sat and watched four of his own movies with the audience. I did not stay for them. I left. I did not care. That's my anecdote. Did you know Dune is two movies? Because I didn't. Apparently it's a movie. It's two movies and also maybe a series or two. I'm so confused. I just saw this. Apparently this was general knowledge and just I never looked into it. Yeah. But the, it was an like article what, about like a person or two mentioned something. And I was like, oh, I didn't. I right. saw an article. It was like, where do you think in the novel the movie's going to end? I'm like, the end. Where else? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? And it's like, oh, it's kind of the way it chapters one and two were like two parts mm. of a novel. This is yeah. two parts of Dune. And, you know, after having seen the amazing film, which is Dune, <laughs> it does take a giant time jump in the middle. Like an mm. absolute huge fucking time jump. And they gloss over it so quick. It's so disconcerting, especially <laughs> since they do a huge time jump and no one ages a day. <laughs> <laughs> like we spent so much money on everything else we don't have the money for old people makeup. i am positive they did not <laughs> positive they spent no money on anything um yeah so garbage uh is, is, is the point but it's gonna be two movies i didn't know that i'm okay with the tv show maybe they'll do good by it i don't know yeah i just didn't like the original 
Yeah, it seems to be that every, the most people don't like about the uh, the David Lynch is that they try to put too much into one thing. Sure. So it's it seems it's yeah it makes more sense to do you know several movies. The opposite of the to, Hobbit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Don't don't. Which I got the, I got uh, kind of a nostalgic for, and I looked. That's not streaming anywhere. Oh you can't no! Find the Hobbit. They're just trying to bury that bitch. Yup. It's probably smart. You know, I tried to watch uh, Meteor Man. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> that movie does not exist anywhere online. No? And the DVD is like 40 bucks on Amazon used. I fucking <laughs> love Meteor Man. Yeah, that I was feel like it played shit. a lot on TV in Philadelphia when yeah. we were kids. <laughs> when you watch Meteor Man again, you're going to be like, this is exactly the first season of Luke Cage. Like the, <laughs> yeah. down to like the neighborhood fights and throwing each other into cars. It is like yeah. almost shot for shot. And that's pretty <laughs> fucking cool. Yeah. So um, whoever owns uh, the rights to Meteor Man. Yeah. Fucking, I'm sure you're listening. Let yeah. us get a copy. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a stream key or something. Send us a copy or make a streaming deal. Yeah. I mean, it's probably more likely for us to get a copy. Yeah. But all right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about weird James Bond rumors and why I hate them. Oh, God. Maybe okay. Yeah. So. Speculating on the, the next one, even though this one's not even. That's that, my, that's my biggest complaint. Is like, you don't do that with James Bond. It's like. Yeah. To announce a new James Bond before the next one, it means like the next one doesn't even fucking matter. It yeah. makes this a lame duck Bond, is yeah. what it does. Uh, Doctor Who has very much the same problem. Yeah, I believe that because they usually at the the last episode of a Doctor's last series uh-huh. is them regenerating into yeah. the next actor. Sure. So it's like, how do you control that news? People not knowing. So that the last episode is the reveal of the next doctor and nobody knows about it. Um, They've they've done like bringing the next doctor to a um, uh, like the BBC or wherever. Uh, like in a blacked out limo with like a blanket over sure, their head sure. so that even the people doing the show don't right. know who they're about to interview sure. <laughs> to, but yeah, to give the previous, you know, the right. current doctor their finale. Now to be clear, we don't know who the next bomb uh, bond is, but there is mm-hmm. a giant rumor and a pretty substantial one out there. Yeah. And that rumor is that it's going to be Tom Hardy. Yeah. Best known for his role of... as Shinzon in Star Trek nemesis <laughs> best known baby clone of picard yeah definitely yeah. not as a uh bad guy in dark knight rises yeah. um so bane himself tom hardy uh or I, venom or venom uh i would not mad max he would not be my oh yeah it's true yeah. he would not be my choice he would mm. probably be not be in my top five i no. could not tell you what his actual voice sounds like yeah. If you ask me. I mean, maybe that's the sign of a good actor. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like a lot of people hated Daniel Craig, too, and he ended up being one of the fucking best. Yeah. Um, here's what he has to say about it. <clears throat> if I mention it, it's gone. You know, there's a saying amongst us in the fraternity of acting and in the fellowship of my peer group that if you talk about it, you're automatically out of the race. So I can't possibly comment on that one. And if mm. that's the way he talks, that's fucking weird. It makes me think that uh, maybe Tom Hardy is actually Walker. Wouldn't that be weird? Uh, 
He's very, very, um, very exuberant in the way he speaks. Uh, uh, so he's definitely in the running. He's definitely not denying he's in the running. I just, okay. I just don't want to see him as it. Yeah. I also it's, think it's like, very the opposite of Marvel, <laughs> where yeah. so many actors are just like, "Hey, Marvel, put me in this thing." Sure. Yeah. <laughs> or like Mahershala Ali going to the studios and was like, "Hey, I want to be Blade," Blade. and they're like. Yes, please. Thank you. Right. <laughs> okay. So, you know, uh, also, you know, I, I kind of got, have gotten sold on this not white male bond. I'd like to see that. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? It was like, what if, can we just not have the new 007 be the next 007 in the movie? The like, rumor that's... is that she does not make it out of this movie. Oh. Uh, mm. like part of the Are reason. Are they going to like, like part of, like, from what I understand is like, she like he has to become 007 again at some point. Oh god damn it! You know, so it's an anti-passing of the Batman. torch. Uh, anyway, neither <laughs> yeah. that's just a rumor though. I don't know. All right, uh, but I don't. I don't need Tom Hardy to be Batman. We've had we have, Batman. <laughs> it's on my brain. I don't need Tom Hardy to be 007. We've had it. Uh, time for a new kind of Bond. Yeah. And also, like, if even if he was selected, like, keep this shit better under wraps. If you're the studio, it is yeah. like in the same vein of putting out a biopic while someone's alive. We don't want to hear about the new Bond while the next we're still salivating for this next Bond. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, hold on to that story until like December. Other fun casting news. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Smith, okay, talks about how Ben Affleck is going to have a very big role in Mallrats too. All right. And had not expected that. So the Word. whole story is Ben Affleck's oldest daughter, okay, likes the movie Mallrats a lot, <laughs> but more than she likes it, she likes making fun of him for being in it. <laughs> And like being the, the most scumbag person. Yeah. And I'm like, in one, it. I'm like, that's weird. Cause like, we've talked about how Shannon Hamilton shouldn't be in this movie before. We've talked about this. How he is yeah. a rapist uh, and you know, <clears throat> asshole. Not to mention he's wearing a suit two sizes too big for him. So she makes fun <laughs> yeah. of this fact that he's wearing like this giant suit. And is like the sales guy for suits in yeah. the movie. <laughs> Fashionable male, of yeah. course. So. He's t- so just Kevin like Smith is texting with early nineties style or yeah. an early Kevin Smith meta joke. <laughs> That's fine. No, I think it's definitely nineties style. Yeah. Uh, so he's, they're texting back and forth, and he's like, "My daughter's gonna make fun of him." And then he's like, "Oh well, then you should definitely be in this one at least in a scene, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just to, like as a aha moment for your daughter." Because I'm like, "Yeah, that's why I cast a list actors in my movies." Is that is my joke to one so fucking their person? Kid can get a kick out of it. Yeah, and uh, he texts back. Uh, better be more than one scene cameo. Better be more than one scene cameo, dude. Put me in it a lot. And then Kevin Smith said, "All right, done and done." So that was oh the handshake agreement over text. And now we're gonna get a lot of Shannon Hamilton. Right. And I do hope it is smartly addressed. I hope it's him getting out of prison reformed. Yeah, you know, or something yeah. of the like. You know, and the fact that he's so jacked from being Batman might like go like comes out of prison yeah, all jacked yeah, he's and he's all that women's jacked. rights. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd totally you know work, I mean? yeah. That's what I want to see done with that character. We don't need that. Uh the four trailers have dropped for the four Blumhouse movies coming out in October for uh, Amazon. I watched all four and I should have written down their titles, but you'll you'll find them. Uh, <laughs> each and every single one starts off with like from the producers of Get Out. And I think that's pretty smart. <laughs> yeah. Oh like, yeah. Good, ride those coattails. Right up, right up on top. Blumhouse. Yeah. Um <laughs> they all uh I was shocked that only half of them are all white casts. 
Okay. I liked that. I'm like, okay, so we're not going as white heavy as I thought this studio was going to. Yeah. Because, like, the reason they're pushing Get Out, Get Out, Get Out is because Blumhouse is typically a very white company, as a mm. lot of horror is. Yeah. Um, but it looks uh, pretty fairly spread out, and each right. one was interesting. Each one, um, you know, they're all sort of weird psychological thrillers. Yeah. Uh, and I, they're all very low budget and kind of, like, really down, like... The shit you see at a horror film festival, and I kind of dig all four of them. None of them where I was like past. I was all like, I'll, some I was more excited for others, but yeah, none that I'd say you know I don't need this. Word. All right. So hopefully they're doing good shit. Cool. All right. How about an interview? Yeah. All right. Here's what I'm gonna say about this interview. <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> and the interview sound qualities back and forth, but I fucked up my end for the first time. <laughs> so my interview is with Thomas C. and Nicholas, and you guys know him from being the main character of Rookie of the Year mm-hmm. or A Kid in King Arthur's Court mm-hmm. or the uh, the straight to video Kid in Atlantis <laughs> or whatever the fuck the sequel was to King King Arthur's Court. Which he says is, you know, not his best work. Uh, he's also uh, Kevin from the American Pie series. Can't, be all, can't all be home runs. Yeah. Well, said that to the rookie of the year. That's uh, why I used that. There you go. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, but he's Kevin in American Pie, the one that dates Tara Reed, mm-hmm. which is neat. Uh, he, I always get him to try to say it, uh, but there is one day going to be another American Pie, whether it's a reboot or just another sequel. Oh, yeah, or the next generation or something. Not yeah. they're all 40. I just want to see like where they're all sad. <laughs> they're all just sad, broken fucking people. That's what I want to say. We're getting close to their, uh, their kids having high school shenanigans. Sure. You know? Oh, yeah. He's got kids that are you know rapidly approaching uh, yeah. high school age. He's 40, but um, <laughs> uh, close personal friend, Thomasy and Nicholas. So, uh, yeah, I definitely selected the wrong mic, so it's picking me up from a mic from across the room. <laughs> a little, so, little roomy sounding on your end. I don't sound great. He sounds great because he is a professional musician also yeah. and is very good at recording. But here's my interview with Thomas Ian Nicholas. Here we go. no complaints um i am at i obviously you know off the record where i am but yeah. on the record i am in a secret location uh proudly supporting my son who's following in my footsteps okay. and i can't even okay. say okay. what he's doing uh to follow in my footsteps but there will be press releases later and uh proof of said uh, experience by the summer of 2021 in theaters. Oh, okay, so we're gonna wait. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a, it's a big deal. Uh, I'm excited for the day where you can shout it from the top of the rooftop. But more importantly, I'm glad that you are uh, got to get out of the house. That now you're at the secret location because you, like most other people, have been just stuck in isolation. And I, I said this to you before, but. You are the person probably I know that travels the most. So, like, I can't imagine the culture shock that you must have been feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's certainly true. I, I do travel a fair amount uh, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I had to travel to get here, which was, you know, not the most fun flight situation, uh, even if I was by myself and I've got, like, a mask and a you know, shield on my face 
right. I was also with my son, you know, and I'm so I'm like I'm like the hall monitor dad. Don't right. touch that. Don't touch your face. Don't really give me your hands. Let me sanitize you. Right. Sure. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it like I remember even halfway through the trip, my son looked at me and he goes, because we had, you know, he looked forward to flying. We always would go to Chicago to visit my wife's family. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he loved, you know, flying and has always loved flying, even from the time he was like, on, you know, a year old. And he looked at me halfway through this trip. He goes, this isn't as fun as I remember traveling being. Oh, <laughs> you know, meanwhile, right. he's saying that to me, like w- under a mask and a face shield. <laughs> right. Usually, you know, you, you get games, you get, you can do whatever you want. You get the, fr- are they even serving meals uh, or like drinks on the flight? So we, we had games cause we brought, um, you know, uh, my son is a, uh, a proud supporter of Nintendo as am I. So he had sure. his sure. Nintendo switch light. Uh, mm-hmm. courtesy of Nintendo. Love those guys nice. and gals. Um, and so he had that, but no, they're not serving food um, mm-hmm. on the flight. Although they did the first flight, they had said on uh, on American Airlines they were serving like bis- like the biscuit or the biscotti like cookie thingies. Sure. And like some other things. And then they had a chicken sandwich, which... I didn't hear them say they had offered to me first because I'm because I travel so much. I'm I've got like, you know, high really ratings. Good point. Sure. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, they, they made the Admirals Club just for you, I heard. No, no, I had you to, I had to buy it. I had to buy a day pass for that. I don't spend extra money on that <laughs> on that BS, although I figured it was a good place to buy a day pass during covid because it meant that we were in an area where, you know, when we, when people get up in those seats, the the um the staff cleans the chair which oh. that's not that's not happening in the regular part of the airport so uh i knew that they would have um you know even though i'm not a, <laughs> not an admiral uh i knew that they would have you know more cleaning services in there so i i paid for the day pass to do that smart very smart but especially just traveling with you know an eight-year-old sure um and so, yeah, so then they, they offered me the sandwich first, and I didn't hear them. I just saw yogurt, and I was like, no, God, no, yogurt. And then I was like, wait, did you did I hear you say sandwich? They're like, that's why we came here first. You missed it. I'm like, right. Oh, no. <laughs> well, they offered it to me first, but I right. I wasn't paying attention because I, I had it in my mind they had no food. That's the kind of thing that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. You're going to be in bed one day, like 10 years from now, like, damn, I forgot about that sandwich. I, you know, considering, cause here's the thing. So my, my son has, uh, a severe tree nut allergy. So we have to bring his food with us anyway, cause we don't have time to vet, you know, things on the plane and things in right. the airports. So he was sorted, but I was not. So I, that was a definite faux pas on my part. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Okay. So then you land it and then, uh, are we allowed to talk about how many tests you had to take? Uh, well, we, we, I've already had my third one in a week, and that will be the prerequisite, <laughs> as has my son. Uh, right. In our grouping for the white paper of, you know, filming with COVID, we right. will be getting three COVID tests per week in our group. I've done three in total over six months, so I can't imagine having to do three a week because they are not pleasant. Yeah, the only thing I would say is that back home, they did what's called the mid-nasal yeah. which isn't so bad. Right. Uh, here, they said, 
Um, I get, as an adult, I get both nostrils, but Nolan only had to have one nostril. Okay. And he got to pick which nostril. Oh, that's convenient. Um, but they said it was mid-nasal again. Let me tell you something. That was not mid-nasal. Ah. That was a brain tickle today. Oh, oh I hate it. Yeah, my first one, she was not gentle. I was like, man, like maybe like some lube or something. But no, just scrammed right up into the top of my goddamn brain. Yeah, so well... The, the thing is, like, so I had one because in February before, like, lockdown, I got just the regular flu. And so to get oh, my God. Tamiflu, you know, uh, prescription, I had to get a brain tickle then. Right. Um, and then it, back at home, we did two tests at home, which they sent, like, they ordered this service called ModMD. And they, like, a nurse came to our house and I was like, yo, can you just do this in the driveway? He's like, yeah. So we did our uh-huh. tests, like, right in the driveway. We were just trying to limit our exposure since, sure. you know, my son hadn't been anywhere except for like two, you know, drive drive up school birthday parties with his, right. his classmates, you know, where we drive by and hold up a sign and wave and say happy birthday and then drive away. Um, and so uh, we were just trying to limit exposure. But here it was a little sketchy because we like went into this room. And the person administering the test had like a full hazmat suit on, like, you know, right, the they might be face to to people's houses. Right. Well, I'm saying they were just at this like hotel, like little room or whatever it was. And they're like full on suit, like, you know, mask with the double, you know, uh, valves, like, like dark. It looked like the like Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Awesome. I was I was thinking uh, when the government comes to get E.T., they put up the bubble and they're all in the hardcore suits i like marty mcfly better uh well okay now you personally you've been stuck inside for six months tell me about what that's done to your psyche (laughs) what have you been like taking off you know like taking it with grace or like have there been times where you're just like scratching at yourself or how you been you know one of the things that helped me uh is some weekly routines um that gave me a little taste of things that i was getting before which is to say uh i started a patreon late last year Mm -hmm. and while for my new album and while i was active on it um i had offered you know streaming concerts but hadn't done any so when lockdown kind of hit i was like okay i've got to start setting up for streaming concerts and when i started that about 22 weeks ago and i know this because i just did a what i call sunday fun day uh here in my secret location mm-hmm. um it was week 22 so 22 weeks ago on sundays i've been doing this half hour private online concert for my patrons that's quite um, a lot of music right so so the the, the thing about it is well, it seems like a pretty short set, and I've done other online concerts. The the feeling that I would get from playing for people in a knowing that they're there and them commenting live mm-hmm. uh, sort of triggered that adrenaline rush that I that I get. And while it's not exactly the same experience, it was it was firing off those chemicals for me in my it, it, for myself, if that makes sense. Uh, would you liken it to like a nicotine patch for someone who used to be like a hardcore smoker? <laughs> but, 
Um, I mean, I guess they, they, they could do like a live, like we, we should invent like a live concert patch. Perfect. Right. But it's, you know, it's just, it's a patch that smells like beer and makes you happy for like half an hour, but then you have to go move your equipment to somewhere else. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so that, that's one thing that I've been doing. And then my, uh, my wife Colette started this thing where she was doing like, a you know, a weekly hangout with her friends and it slowly kind of generated into her. She got Saturday night for a few hours mm-hmm. so that I would like watch the kids and she would sure. go into her studio. Um, and then so I started slowly taking over Friday nights. So that would be mm-hmm. like my time to, you know, FaceTime or Zoom chat and, you know, grab a beer and, you know, digitally cheers with uh, with my bandmates or my friends or whomever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, those are kind of a couple of the things that, uh, I started doing, um, to connect with people digitally during the lockdown. Sure. Stay keep, sane. Your, keep your routine going. That makes sense. And, um, yeah, man, I'm, I, uh, I cannot wait to get back to a live music life. <laughs> no yeah. Way. Well, it's crazy because I did so I did like those 22, you know, Sunday fun day shows. Mm -hmm. But then I also did like, you know, charity concerts for Coca-Cola and for the city of Albany and a couple for some other companies. So I probably have done like 30 online concerts since lockdown started. Wow. Um, My wife, you know, is, you know, tours more really than I do and, and has traveled to more places than I'll probably ever go. Um, you know, she hadn't done any, um, DJ sets until just recently she did a one on Labor Day, Mm -hmm. um, you know, which was with like a great lineup of all of her friends. It was DJ Heather and Sneak and Mark Farina, um, and, uh, and a few others I'm, I'm, I'm spacing on, on names, J-Dub and, uh, and uh oh my gosh there's two more i'm so bad um (laughs) anyway so she didn't really have like a setup that was conducive for it at home so we actually took a minute to build her we did an ikea hack okay um and i actually uh was the good husband and i built her uh her dj booth for her yeah that's cool yeah, it was pretty cool. So I did like uh, I bought a an IKEA or she bought an IKEA bookcase uh-huh. and the IKEA TV stand, uh-huh. um, and then I was able to put them together and make it into a DJ booth. Nice. Was this a temporary structure? Or does this still exist? And is this something that she plays with now? Um, no, this is, this, this is set up in her studio, um, for her to be able to do future live streams. I'm not sure when she's got the next one planned. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to be fair, you know, sitting down in front of a camera with a guitar and singing is one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, overseas I had done a number and I even did some in March where I I did like what I call alternative DJ sets where I'm not, you know, blending music, but I'm selecting and, you know, maybe like, uh, mixing out of faster or like, I guess the equivalent of hot mixing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
for like alternative music, rock music. And so my, you know, club was like, you should do that for, you know, your patrons. And I, so I let them decide if they would do that. So then I used her DJ rig. It was much harder to do a DJ set streaming than it was to do a live guitar set. Why is that? Probably because I'm not really a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Right, right, well, you right. know, but you know my DJ skills. We did the silent disco together. You most certainly did. I, uh, yeah, for for to, to catch everyone up that's listening. Uh, so I run a music venue, and Thomas is nice enough to come and play for us a couple times a year. And uh, we usually do some sort of '90s tie-in. And uh, the last one we did a '90s video dance party, but we did silent disco. So there's three DJs set up, all with different uh, you know playlists. But we pretty much all did '90s. And uh, I thought. Tom, like I had like other DJs like ready to hop up and play in case Thomas, because I'm like he did a full music set, and I'm like if you want to DJ a little bit, and then you went all night. You did like an extra four hours of DJing. <laughs> well, dude, it was so fun because it was a great. Night. The the thing that's about that I love about silent disco is it's like the the quiet battle of the silent disco DJs. Oh to yeah. To see to see who can play the track that gets the most lights right in their for, direction for those that don't know it's so it's three djs and your everyone has headphones that light up with a different color depending on which dj you're, you're trying to listen to so you know i might be blue thomas might be red someone might be green uh yeah and you're it absolutely it becomes a matter of pride to see like a sea of your color versus everybody else's it's still i i think i told you the story once before uh of doing the first silent disco, this was only the second time I'd ever done a silent disco uh-huh. as a DJ. So I did a one hour set, uh, silent DJ disco set playing alternative music at Glastonbury uh, in the UK a few years ago. Wow. And so Propaganda is the, the company that would have me like go out and, and play these sets. So I did like a one hour thing. They were going all night. So I think I played from like three to four or four to five in the morning. Wow. So, but, but there was 5,000 people in the crowd and there were five DJs up top. And so Matt Kennedy, uh, my guitar player, who's also in the dangerous summer, um, he said that there was one other DJ on the far left and he was playing, I don't remember what he was playing, but some, something else, not, not rock. And his girlfriend or whatever was with him kept like walking away from him and flipping it to like other colors, maybe mine. And, um, and then at one point I played like rage against the machine and like everyone switched to my color. And mm-hmm. I think that DJ, cause he was, I was only doing an hour. Sure. He was doing like seven hours stretch. Sure. I think he like threw his headphones on the desk <laughs> and, and left the stage. Oh yeah. It's so straight. It sounds like such a, like a, Petty thing, but once you're on stage, it's a matter of pride. I could like, especially it's like I've got seven hours to feel out this crowd. I know what they want, and then here comes Thomasy and Nicholas and steals them from me. Right. Well, because in an hour, I'm just gonna play like sure. every hit yeah, hey. song imaginable, oh. back to back to back. Because <laughs> I'm, because I'm just cheeseball like that. You know, what do you want from me? Sure. Uh, <laughs> I also like it because there's you know multiple people on stage. You can at least interact with them. I imagine like when you're DJing just like you said to a camera it's like you pick a song and you hit play and then you're like shit i gotta stand here for the next 
two and a half minutes, three minutes, and pretend like I'm searching for the next song to play, even though I absolutely know the next song I'm going to play. Right, and there was a lot less, like, commentary from the crowd, too. So I ended up Sorry. just, like, dancing a lot. Oh. <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> that sounds off. I would hate that. <laughs> right, I know. I was like, I was like, man, that it was like the slowest half hour. And then I remember I got to the end and like sometimes when I'm doing the live set, like I'll be like, you guys want one more? Yeah, cool. Get some comments. I'll do one, you know, an extra song or something. Sure. And then this one, I was like, all right, so that's going to be the last song. Um, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. And then just immediately <laughs> disconnect. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, what about any, any other stuff on the horizon or hobbies or anything else you're doing to keep yourself sane? Um, well, we've been busy working on uh, post-production still for Adverse. Um, right. We just announced in the trades, actually, so now I can talk about it. Uh, <laughs> we got picked up by uh, Grindstone Lionsgate. Okay. Um, so the film is coming out in theaters in January 2021. So for the last few months, like we, we closed this deal probably in, I want to say, April so we've been working diligently on deliverables for Lionsgate. Uh, and in fact, we still are. We just, we just finally passed the initial sort of QC, the quality control reports with Grindstone, and they, they finally approved us to be sent on to Lionsgate. So that, I just got that news today. That mazel um, tov, that's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. And so it looks like I'm going to miss my own commentary which is pretty lame. Oh, they're recording the commentary track. Yeah, we were, the, Brian A. Metcalf and I were planning on going in, but they were waiting for us to, you know, get the QC from Lionsgate to get the film approved before we went in and recorded that. And so now, obviously, I'm out of the country. Um, right. And, you know, this, the, the commentary is going to be scheduled for the next couple of weeks. And Brian was just texting me today saying looks like you're going to miss it. I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to miss the commentary track. He's like, you could just record one there. I'm like, I'm not talking for an hour and a half by myself. Yourself, right? <laughs> it would be like the worst commentary ever. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, that, would, that would be worse than a half call. hour DJ set for my... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it probably wouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, man, I hope all the theaters are open by January 2021. I'm glad it got picked up. Well, I mean, uh, you know, they, they already had some theaters for, uh, for, I know, I know we are not Christopher Nolan, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, they had, sure. they had social distancing, safe COVID safe theaters for tenant. So, right. But maybe. I don't want, I don't want adverse playing for theaters that are stuck at a 50% capacity. I want this plane everywhere to 100% capacity. <laughs> well, you know, right now it looks, I mean, I don't know how things are going in certain parts of the world. I'm only really paying attention to to Los Angeles, but I know our numbers are, are, are getting pretty low and have been staying low. And I know that once they stay low for long enough that we can maybe go back to phase three again. Right. Um, you know, I know it's, it's not much, but it's all about the uh, the baby steps towards uh, the new normal, right? Right, sure. I know, uh, so L- I talked about this in the podcast last week, but uh, in LA, 
it's one of the only places where if they're not showing a film in theaters, they are going to let them show them at drive-ins. So uh, I know Adverse takes place, um, correct me if I'm wrong, in a car. (laughs) It does. I play play a rideshare driver. Yeah. So I thought, so like you could at least have a very immersive experience in LA where you show it at a drive-in. Uh, and then you could just, you know, I guess drive in a circle around everyone. That'd be cool. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll do my, uh, I'll do introductions. I'll just drive around to all the drive-ins. Sure. Um, and do my introductions for the drive film. up. They give you a wireless mic. You talk from inside the car, and then you drive to the next one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. Well, all right. So, how can people get in touch with you, or more importantly, what's your Patreon so people can see you do DJ sets and these Sunday Fun Day live music sets? Um, well, the, and yet, yeah, and the other thing they can get too is they get um, all the tracks like at least a few weeks before they drop, uh, you know, on like Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. So we had the third single, "Vibe," just came out on. September 18th. And this is for um, Tom. Yes. And, uh, and so everyone on Patreon had a downloadable copy of Vibe like a month ago. That's awesome. So everyone gets like, and they also get to hear the demo of the song as well as um, I send them like the pre, you know, when we're, before we get it, the song mastered, like, hey, here's this. I've even let them kind of be a fly on the wall. They wanted to watch some vocal recording sessions. So I've kind of like put up my live stream and been like, okay, I'm going to record vocals and you're going to be bored out of your mind, but this is what you wanted. So here you go. (laughs) Well, that's fucking rad. So yeah, I've done like little, like, you know, like little half hour inside track sessions. So anyway, everything for me is, uh, is tin band T I N band. So it's mm-hmm. for Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Tin Band. And Tin Band goes for the website, for Twitter, for Instagram, for Snapchat, for Facebook. It's, you got uh, a brand. You know what's up. Yeah. I'm, everything except for YouTube. I don't know. I couldn't get Tin Band on YouTube. Somebody else? I got just Thomas Nicholas Band on YouTube. Yeah, I guess somebody else had it. So The band just but, called Tin. <laughs> they're, they're, they're metal. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, now I'm sad. That was a bad pun. Also, I'm sad because <laughs> right before COVID started, you were supposed to come play here for South by. I was. Yeah, you were. Then, you were one of the first gigs that I had to officially cancel due to lockdown. Sure. I know. Like we didn't know the severity of it, so we're we're both like texting each other like. Should we still do it? And stuff I got canceled, and it's like, should we keep going? And then it's like, oh, everyone's gonna die. We shouldn't. I know. There, <laughs> I was still planning on going even when South by got canceled. I'm like, sure, I'm still yeah, coming. Yeah. Shit, man. But they 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 pulled the the plug early on that one. They like did. really early. Like everything was just really weird about like the timing. Like they got so much shit for canceling South by. And it would have happened to them a couple of days later anyway. But you're right. They were, like, really proactive about, like, there's no way we can have a couple extra million people in Austin right now. Everyone got so, and then, like, maybe, like, a week later, they canceled all of NBA. And everyone was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. We're not angry anymore. Well, then, wasn't Austin, like, one of the places where uh, the Spanish flu, like, ravaged them and they didn't follow guidelines? 
Oh, I don't know, but that's fascinating. No, I think you, you should look it up. I'm pretty oh. sure that part of the reason they did that was Austin basically balked a hundred years ago at the Spanish flu, and they had like the largest per death capita. Oh, I believe it. Uh, we're still and then, walking. And so then, okay. yeah. So then, then on this time around, they were kind of like, "We're going to learn from our mistake," type of thing. Yeah, they didn't because now we have uh, twenty-five thousand people at a time going to UT Longhorn football games, and all the bars are quote unquote not open, but they're open, and the, the, <laughs> it's all bad. <laughs> no one's listening. It's terrible. I'm just sitting here sad in my house. Like I just want everything to be reopened, and I want to put live music again. Yeah, yeah. I did a uh, I did a Facebook fundraiser on my birthday for all my friends at the Viper room. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I was supposed to play there. It was my 40th this year uh, in wow. July. Thank you. God, you so yeah, use. that was, that was my big, my <laughs> big concert idea was I was going to have like everyone that I'd ever jammed with in my band. I was going to invite to the show to come up and, you know, just have like an all in all out jam session of, I don't know what, and I, I was planning on starting like the, the, the planning of that, like in, you know, March and April and then lockdown happened. I was like, all right, we're not doing that. Uh, so yeah, but I, I, you know, I felt good. I raised some money for my friends through, through, uh, through the, the evil Zuckerberg site. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> As you do. As you do use, use evil for good. Right. It's not the only thing you can do in these times. Exactly. I mean, yeah, LA's LA's no not really any better. I mean, like I said, our numbers are finally low again. We're down to like three percent rate or something, or under three, mm-hmm. which is you know, is good. We uh, were we were we were at like seven or eight or six or uh, something like that. So, man, <laughs> I just, yeah, I just all I, all I did was every day I just wait for news of a vaccine and just. Well, but I mean, fastest, fastest that thing's coming is early 2021, even at the fast track rate that it's on. Sure. And that means that it's not making it to, you know, our local (laughs) Rite Aid until like March of next year. Right. You know what I mean? And then we got to get everyone to actually take it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's yeah. get into that next essential. Let's, t- let's, let's get that. Um, all right. I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Thomas, thank you for making the time from your undisclosed secret location. <laughs> You're very welcome. I'm glad that uh, you reminded me because um, we, uh, you know, we've just been quarantining here in sure. the middle of I can't tell you where. Um, right. But it's basically, you know, quarantine from one from one place to another. Right. We've just basically halved our household. So, you know, Colette and my daughter Zoe are still back in L.A. And now myself and Nolan are here. So but we're just doing the same thing that we were doing there (laughs) here. Sure. Right. Then, of course, work will start and it will be different. That is the difference is coming for us. Well, that's good. Yeah. And what an apropos interview. Woo! Because he is, you know, on set and getting the brain tickle, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait till we can 
talk about what he's down there doing, mm-hmm. him and his son. And then I'm excited for his movie to actually hit theaters because uh, I like most of the things he's been in, except for that sequel to uh, King King Arthur's Court. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've never seen it. I don't know. I don't know. I do watch American Pie movies like that, like all of them in a row, like not the ex- expanded universe, but the, the, yeah, main, the, it's the, weird the to core say. series, the core series once a year. And everyone's in a while like, I know him. He gets laid all the time now. Good for him. He's got a wife. He was so worried about getting laid. Now he gets laid whenever he wants. He's married. That's the kind of shit that goes through my brain. Yeah, it's stupid. All right, we got more news to do. All right. Here's the why the fuck do we need this file for this week? Jim Cavazel. Who has now gotten the third draft of the script from writer, director, producer Mel Gibson for Passion of the Christ 2 Resurrection. Jesus Christ. Passion of the Christ 2 Resurrection. That's right, a sequel to Passion of the Christ. The story of Christ being crucified and dying. The Bible 2, the search for more money. Right. Uh, exactly that and like I feel like Passion of the Christ 2 has been a lot of people's jokes over the years like you've seen it on Family Guy or Saturday Night Live like that's a joke yeah but Mel Gibson really really wants it now this is also to say that Mel Gibson's on board and Jim Caviezel on board it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem that anybody else is on board (laughs) no cause why the fuck would you so a lot of this has to do with uh, Mel Gibson's Hacksaw Ridge which uh, I saw in theaters uh, was the most pandering piece of shit movie I've ever seen. No, no. I saw it because uh, Homeboy that was amazing Spider Man was in it. What the fuck's his name? Oh yeah, Andrew Garfield. Thank you, Andrew Garfield yeah, was in yeah. the character. Uh, he's awful in it. That movie's fucking awful. But <laughs> oh boy, it, it's so pandering that it got six Oscar noms and two Oscars for that movie. Boy, yeah, and uh, it's one of the movies I can tell you the plot because it was. You know, different enough, but it was such a bad movie that I would rather have two of my fingernails ripped out than see it again. Not three, but I would accept two. Yeah. Not the thumbs. Yeah. Uh, so, preferably both pinkies. pinky nails. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped doing coke forever ago. I don't need those nails anymore. Pull them off. So, uh, but, so he got this third draft from, so Mel Gibson's convinced he can make it happen. Jim Caviezel's <laughs> on board to be Christ again. And he says, this will be the biggest film in the history of movies, guaranteed. <laughs> That's right. what he says. He's like, this is going to blow it. That, that He's saying that means, you know, no Marvel movie, Star Wars movie, Jurassic <laughs> Park, Titanic, Avatar. Fuck your, fuck your four avatars that are coming yeah. out. He's yeah. like, this will be the biggest, most expensive movie ever made. But um, I can't think of what the plot line is other than they move a rock and get his body. <laughs> like, yeah. like the big part of the Jesus story, from what I understand as a Jew, is that <laughs> yeah. he died. We took we, some heat for we, it. We got the ending. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they put him in a, in a thing. I and never then like 400 years later, they wrote a book about yeah. it. <laughs> now, uh, also, I, I never saw Passion of the Christ because, again, we get a lot of heat for that. Yeah, uh, uh, so, I did. You saw it? Yeah. Was it torture porn? That's what I hear. Absolutely. They he also made a point to say like now that people are more snuff film. He said now that people are more desensitized to violence, the next one can be worse. (laughs) But he already went through the crucifixion through the whole fucking part. So anyway, (laughs) oh my uh, god. 
But do, does it does the, do they do the uh, the resurrection in the in the first one? Like, do they put him in the tomb and then it's gone three days later? I th- I don't remember. But I mean, yeah, that's what this one has to oh, be about, right? Yeah. Like, the, it's a miracle because it was a big boulder in front of his tomb and then it got moved. But my point is, like, well, somebody moved it there, so they have the technology. <laughs> it didn't grow. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of trouble if I keep making fun of this. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's just yeah. so dumb. Yeah. We don't need that. No. Nobody needs that. Like, but is, is here's he, what I'll say. Is Mel Gibson huh. trying to be like a prophet at this point? Well, like, duh. I mean, we knew that. We knew he's kind of off his rocker. He's anti-Semitic. And he like he very, very thinks of himself as like a savior of, you know, the, the race yeah. of... Americans, mm-hmm. um, so white. Sorry, white Americans. Yeah, white uh, Christian Americans. White Christian Americans. <laughs> so probably men. Yeah, well, definitely Straight men. men. Well, yeah, yeah when, you, when you get drunk and call, start calling a female cop sugar tits, then sure, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, you know, old, like old school, old fashioned American. Yeah, yeah. Take it on the chin, sweetheart. Straight yeah. white man property holders. Yeah, sure. And if you don't know what we're talking about, just look up Mel Gibson tapes anywhere. Yeah. He is had many racist TMZ. misogynist should, should rants. There. Yeah. And like again, like we just excuse him all the time for this yeah. shit. But because Hollywood royalty will remain Hollywood royalty. But here's why I would see this movie, because I want to see the movie that Jim Cavazel says is the biggest movie of all time. <laughs> and to be fair, he is the third biggest movie in America right now. With Infidel, which I'm guessing yeah. he, he kind of is like kind of picking his roles to be a little more religious based. I bet he yeah. in the same vein as like um like a Kevin Sorbo or a Jason David Frank mm. has found a very niche audience with a very Christian yeah uh, back you know backing to it. Uh, yeah, but uh, we don't fucking need this movie now. No. This might be the first time where I've said we don't fucking need this, but I will watch it <laughs> just out of morbid curiosity out of. My do my a double need, feature of what the fuck. My need to rubberneck <laughs> yeah. is while I watch this. And now we're gonna talk about news to lighten the moods, kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. As promised last week, we're gonna talk about the Oscars' new inclusionary diversity rules. Yeah. So here's what's up. Here's here's like this is a very complicated situation. I'm gonna give very broad strokes as I myself understand them, and I mm-hmm. am not the most intelligent person. Yeah, I read like two articles on this, and I still don't fully understand. I read a bullet point one. So here's yeah. what's up. This is not for this year or even next year. This starts mm. in 2024. Yeah. So you've got so to, if you've you're got, you've got three years. You've got if you are in pre-production, and like in, that was the like first the, thing. Yeah, the like early draft stages right. of stuff that because they be didn't want people then. to be like, "This is bullshit," you know, just because I have a white cast, yeah, uh, yeah, which yeah. isn't what the rule is anyway. But they really covered their bases in being like, "We're gonna." Here, here are so many loopholes for you. This to is be so able vague. To this is the the, the, the littlest <laughs> amount of. You know, four pennies of anything you can put into this, <laughs> yeah. and people are still pissed off. But here's what it is: <laughs> yeah. so you must include in your filmmaking somehow <laughs> someone or at least a percentage <laughs> like of people, a, the person who goes to get coffee, right. like a PA, someone like. from a group of people that is under realized or recognized in cinema. Yeah, and, and that includes women who are fifty one percent of the population right. of the world. We're talking women, <laughs> trans. Gay, black, Hispanic, anything that's not a straight white Christian male. <laughs> yeah. Like we just, like you just said. Yeah. You know, this opens a lot. So yeah. like the first thing is like, well, what about, you know, what was that movie that you, 19, 
the uh, one 1917. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, well, that wouldn't have won Best Picture. I'm like, well, there are different <laughs> levels to this. So well, here's it's also what it directed is. by Sam Mendes. Right. So, so there are four standards. And here's the first. So, and you you only have to hit one of the four standards. Like, there are so many standards. You just yeah. got to hit one standard. One, yeah. on-screen representation, yep. themes, and narratives. Yeah. So it doesn't even need to not yeah, be a white like, person. We, just we get not all stories are diverse stories. So here's a whole bunch of other things. Right. You can so do. that Shia LaBeouf movie where he's playing someone who's not white, that even counts. <laughs> yeah. Because he's playing it's someone a story that isn't about white. somebody who, yeah, right. who's underrepresented. B, <laughs> creative leadership pri- or, or and or project team. Like yeah. you said, Mendez. And including marketing. Uh, I'm not there yet. Okay. I'm not there yet. Hold on. <laughs> This is, is just so this is production side. Yes, just okay. people who are making the film. Just a team, like your head editor, your yeah. key grip. Yeah, just that. Number C, industry Number access C. and opportunities. I don't know what that means. Mm. And D is audience development, which is all of marketing. Yeah. So if you are market, like you're. You're, you know, like your head of marketing in the Netherlands for this is, <laughs> yeah. is a not white person. You're fine. Yeah. Like there is, this is the easiest yeah, if you're shit. you're a giant company, that's your one position that right. will like blanket you for every movie you make. Right. Sure. <laughs> so, so here's my fit. Here's the thing that I say in my response to this is if you are not already hitting one of these four standards, you are making an effort not to. It is yeah. statistically impossible for you <laughs> yeah. to have only hired for your entire Hollywood big budget film. Yeah. All what? straight white male Christians. Yeah. Like, look at the the credits roll of any major blockbuster. Right. It goes on for 10 minutes. There's so thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who work in these movies and like yeah you're you're doing something on purpose <laughs> to not very much so <laughs> very very much so yeah and and that's it so like anybody who turns around and is wrong yeah. might as well have an american flag with a blue line down the center of it tattooed mm. on their fucking chest because mm-hmm. the effort it would take even just like your your cgi people mm mm-hmm. mhm there's probably two white guys in your whole CGI team. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, that's that. Just pick one person that had one part of your project. This Everyone's like, this is affirmative action in film. And it's like, you're, you're saying what stories can can be told. And it's like, not at all. Not at all, yeah. Three no, of the four standards. Yeah, we're not saying you can't make the movie. You could still make your movie. Right. It just and won't even, be up for the best picture of the Oscars. All four. I was about to say three <laughs> of the four standards aren't really affected, but it's only three and a half. Because yeah. again, like you can have the right themes and not even have, you know, any other <laughs> actors in it. Yeah. It's absurd to be angry about this is crazy. Now, yeah, here's the other side of it. Mm-hmm. This is very ineffectual. <laughs> you know, the Academy yeah. put this out to to kind of like, okay, we got it. Oscars so white. Yeah, you know, people hate it. They think that we're just a bunch of old white cisgendered people. Mm-hmm. So let's do something. So they spent, pro- I'm guessing, millions to oh, put yeah. this project together they, and uh, present it to the American people. Yeah, try to find the, the least offensive thing possible to right. put out as But it's an 18-year-old bloodhound with no teeth. Yeah. You know, there's there's nothing to this. Yeah. It is so fucking easy. What it's basically saying is if you stop 
making the effort to exclude people that don't look exactly like you, <laughs> you still get your fucking Oscar. You can still be a terrible, terrible human being for 99% of your production. Yeah. Just stop trying to be so bad. <laughs> you know, it's like it, tell, telling a serial killer, like, look, just back down to five or six kills a year. Yeah. And you can still go kill people. Yeah. And again, even if you are super racist, hire some women and you're still covered. <laughs> like, right. You know, the yeah. ridiculous rules. Hire Dick Van Dyke's <laughs> wife to, to run your craft services table. You probably think they yeah. belong in the kitchen anyway. And then you're fine. Like, again, like, it's not enough the Academy's doing. The fact that there's any pushback makes me fucking slack-jawed. My guess is it's just people that... Well, again, because it is kind of confusing. They're just just being reactionary. Like, oh, if we don't have all black and gay films or gay black films, then we don't get Oscars. Because they're still kind of really pissed off about the uh, Parasite win. (laughs) That's my guess. Yeah. Well, also, uh, as of I think right now, huh. uh, a Chinese-made movie is the top earner worldwide for 2020. Mulan? No, I think it was uh, was it called the 800 something oh, like that. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Well, good on them. Yeah. They they passed. Uh, was it Bad Boys for Life? I think was Bad the Boys for Life was the biggest earner this year worldwide. I think they passed nice. them by like a million bucks. Well, good for them. Yeah. So we we are no longer the uh, the the top money draw for movies. Right. Well, maybe we would be if everyone wore a fucking mask. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Yeah. Or social distance mm-hmm. or any combination of the two. Yeah. Weird. All right, that's our show this week. <laughs> that was supposed to lighten the mood. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was going to be such a good thing, and the more I thought about it while I was explaining it, the angrier I fucking got. <laughs> I got nothing to lighten the moods. <laughs> nothing this week, folks. Hey, guys. Uh, TV's pretty good lately. Yeah. <laughs> but tell you what, if you would like to lighten our moods, if you'd like to make us happier, go to <laughs> patreon.com. Right, right in with some fun things. Nope. There. Go, go to, to patreon.com slash 5 by 5 at the movies. And give us a dollar or five dollars or fifty five dollars a month. Yeah. You can type in actually any number you want. Those are just the <laughs> options I sent. But Buy you know, us some burritos. Yeah. Yeah. I could go for some Chipotle. Mm, All right. Birds. Remember the dollar tier of which we get thirty seven cents on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Um thirty seven. <laughs> in a row. Uh we'll come up with a background for you. Five dollars gets you an ad read and fifty five gets you a weekly check in. Yeah. There you go. Thanks, Dan Richardson, for being here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Thomasy and Nicholas, my amazing guests, per- uh-huh. close personal friend, Thomasy and Nicholas. Uh, thank you so much to everyone listening. Please review us on iTunes, even though I know you won't. Email <laughs> us at 5 by 5 film at gmail.com, even though I know you won't. <laughs> or find us on Facebook at 5 by 5 the movies. I haven't got a new follower in a year. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Still like the memes, though. Yeah, just that's, throwing that's out memes. something to light my mood. Go yeah. down your, uh, go down the rabbit hole of the uh, the our, our Facebook the page. Yeah, this is some really great memes. Don't even like it. Just go look at the memes on the page. A lot of Star Wars three memes. Yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you, Dan ones. Benjamin, Hattie Cook, and the entire Five by Five Network. We'll see you next week with another Five by Five of the movies. Roll, Roll credits. credits.